Did that put you in the mood? I'm in the mood. Are you in the mood now? I, I'm in the mood to talk about the best show on TV. All right. So this is um, this is Paul. I'm Paul, and this is John. I'm John. And uh, we're gonna we're, we're 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 doing this new show. We're just starting now. It's called the uh, it's called the Mad Men Recap. That's right. We're gonna talk about what happened on the most recent episode. Of Mad Men, seen on AMC Sunday nights. <laughs> I love how you plug the show. Like we're part of it somehow. That's been, well done. Thank you. You're an old pro, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we might get sponsored. Well, you never know. Amazon, please. Uh, so I've got um, in honor in in honor of Mad Men and Don Draper. Um, I have uh, I have here in my hand uh, an old fashioned. Um, I didn't quite go that classic, but I stuck with the hard liquor. A little gentleman <laughs> Jack and Sprite for me tonight. Indeed, very nice, John. Uh, for those of you who who would like to um, uh, uh, play along at home, um, uh, John just told you how to make his drink, and now I'll tell you how to make mine. Uh, old fashioned. Now you can do it. You can do it a couple ways. You can do uh, bourbon or rye. Um, if you're going to go for the rye route, I mean, God bless you. Good luck finding it. It's a little tricky. You can always use old overhold, but you can also use bourbon and/or whiskey. Uh, so it's uh, as much whiskey as you can stand. Uh, some ice, uh, a uh, an orange, like an orange slice, uh, sugar and bitters, and you muddle that up, and then you and then you put in the ice and the booze, and then a little bit of either water or club soda. Doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't that sound good, John? I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're gonna love it. It's, I, it's gonna, it's gonna take over your life. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> before we get to this week's episode, I just wanted to say I was very excited. The Mad Men has crossed over into the sports world. Why do you say that? Uh, I was reading an article today on ESPN.com. Their their popular writer is called the Sports Guy. He's named Bill Simmons from New England. And he writes, his columns are funny. He, he's, he's the entertaining guy for ESPN. And in his most recent article, he went over the second week games for the NFL. And he was talking about the Baltimore team, mm-hmm. uh, saying how surprising their offense was. And this is a quote from his article. He said, we see a, a similar phenomenon with the TV show Mad Men. It got rave reviews. And I was one of the millions who said, this show can't be good. It's on AMC. <laughs> because he was judging it based on his previous experiences with that channel, which involved good fellow reruns, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And then he goes to say, well, Mad Men is good. And I agree. I think it's a fantastic show. I uh, really enjoy watching it. It's, it's, it's also, and I was telling people this today, it's, you know, uh, you had told me before that you can only watch sports programs. Well, and now and Mad Men. Get this: the last time I watched any kind of show with regularity would have been back in two thousand and three 
the first and the first season of the OC. Are you willing to admit that? I mean, not that anyone's listening to the show, so it doesn't matter. But well, we can we can edit. You're a brave man. <laughs> brave. Okay. Uh, so uh, as you might have noticed, uh, this is our first show, but Mad, Mad Men is on season three, so we're a little late to the game. Now, better late than never. Exactly. Now, don't call us bandwagoners because we're not. Don't call this a comeback. It's not. Uh, no, no. We've been here for years. We've been here the whole time. We started it. John and I are like that kid who claims that he started wearing the trucker hat before Ashton Kutcher, but we actually did it. it and I started the internet. You did. You did. And I invented the driveway and the fork. <laughs> and post-its. Indeed. Uh, so, so this is uh, this. We, we're starting on season three. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go back through everything, and we're actually starting. On episode one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> of really? Of we're six three. episodes in. We're six episodes. Mm, we're six episodes in, and this, the name of this episode was uh, "Guy Walks Into an Advertising Agency." And I gotta say, John, first off, first thing, and I don't know if it's just because uh, of what happened in this episode, uh, it was pretty exciting. But I think this was the most the most entertaining episode of the season thus far. I couldn't agree more. You think so? And I do. And part of the reason why is because I was so... A lot of times when, when we're watching the show, you know, things are a little funny or a little witty or, or whatever. I was so excited at the prospect of the... Um, I don't know what his position is, but the, the English guy who is the stand-in supervisor. When they said he was going to India, I was like jazzed. You're ex- oh, you don't, you, don't, you don't like that character? I don't like him. I don't remember his name, but he is the, he's like the, um, he came in to be the new financial takeover guy. So he's in charge of, uh, you know, this, this, this English firm bought uh, Sterling Cooper, and he's in charge of whipping it into shape and making sure it's profitable. And yeah, in this episode, he got, uh, well, he was supposed to get moved on. So they're just taking him out of New York, moving him to India. But let's just start from the beginning. So the episode opens up. Right. The episode, uh, let's see, the episode, does, does the episode open at the office? Oh, man. Epic fail here, man. What uh, happened? No, the episode, no, I'm trying to remember exactly how, oh, so the, the yeah, the episode opens uh, with uh, the other main storyline in this episode, uh, Sally Draper uh, having trouble Sally. sleeping. Now, if you remember, uh, 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 the uh, Grandpa Draper. What was his name? John McCain. He looks just like John McCain. But it was Gene. Gene, exactly. Gene, who has uh, maybe Alzheimer's, some kind of dementia, uh, dies. And him and Sally were getting very close. They're be kind of becoming kind of buddies. Right. So this is very hard on the child. And she, I mean, she's a very impressionable age, right? She's supposed to be eight. Something like that. Yeah. Just a kid. But yeah, she took it really hard, and her parents weren't exactly consoling at the time of the passing. Let me just say this. I don't, I don't know if there's any other character on television hated as much as Betty Draper. Really? She is not a nice person, John. Why? But even within the show, I think Pete Campbell's more hated. Oh, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Favorite quote, and I, you, you can say what you will. Favorite quote from Betty Draper this episode... Only boring people are bored, John. <laughs> Only boring people are bored. 
I was I was gonna go with uh, babies have fairies do things. Oh, I wrote that down. That 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 part. Uh, it's okay. So so part of this whole thing is uh, so uh, Grandpa Jean died, right? And then uh, Betty has another child. They they have, they have a son with uh, a dad. So she decides to name this child this, this their their brand new son Jean, which is what's freaking out poor little Sally Draper, right? Not only that, but they put. Gene in Grandpa Gene's old bedroom. Exactly. And so, I thought it was hysterical when when uh, Sally says, uh, you know, he even looks like him, you know, because he, he has that gnarled, mushed up face. <laughs> and he'll sound like him too. Uh, right. Saying crazy things and um, probably groping you. But Which, honestly, I think the, the point of that whole storyline really was to point out the character differences in how Betty, the mom, handles it versus Don. You know, he's very inviting, he's very calming, and Betty, as you said, I mean, she comes across as just kind of angry, bitter, spiteful. Um, she, she doesn't handle it well. But this is this is one of the opportunities uh, uh, for you, the viewer, to love Don because Don is one of the, uh, one of these characters uh, that. that that you really shouldn't, you, she shouldn't be your favorite character. Like you shouldn't want to be Don Draper, but of course everybody does. And this is one. Of, this is showing that side of Don. That's like, hey, he's a good guy because he's really nice to the kids. Where Betty is not, not at all. And and I think that's why this is such a great show because you know Don is a good guy, but he's also, you know, he's a womanizer. You know, he cheats on his wife. He's a bad person. You know, he's, he can be a he can be a bad person. You know, he's not. He he's not great. a role model, kids. No, but he's a, he's a he's a person. You know, everybody has good and bad parts. Well done, well done. So then, the other big uh, the other big thing that's happened in this episode is the the English the English firm that bought um, Sterling Cooper is coming over for an inspection. Wait, is it is it Putnam and Lowe? Was I think it is. The... I think it is Putnam and Lowe. I think you're correct. Uh, it, I have to say, the one part about this whole show, I have a tough time taking the head of Putnam and Lowe seriously because he's from the nanny. He's from the nanny. I know it. And the thing is, is he's perfect. He's perfect for the part. But all you oh, can absolutely. hear is Fran Drescher's voice. I know. You look at him and you just you just start looking for something sharp to stab in your ears because you think well, you she, I mean, she's coming around the like, corner. He has that very, like, uh, that smug... Yeah, he's rim, good. You know, he's very smarmy when he talks. He is. He is. He's very good. Uh... And so, yeah, they're coming over for a surprise visit. Nobody knows why. And the head of Sterling Cooper, um, Cooper, I don't know Bert. Cooper's for Bert, Bert Cooper, uh, tells Don, hey, Don, this is why I think they're coming over. I think they're coming over to make you like uh, like big Mr. Creative Director Man, both here and in London. So and that Don gets, gets Don, really all, excited Don gets all hype about that. Don is like, this is awesome. And he even mentions it to Betty. He does, which he doesn't really do because they don't really talk. Because let's face it, Betty's just uh, not likable by anyone, even right. her, even herself. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so long and short of that, uh, the the guys from Putman Low come in. They go on a tour. They talk about how they're going to restructure. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, they're getting rid of their other guy who's been there for a while. Which is which is a big kind of storyline thing at the end of the uh, show. No, I, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I agree. Indeed, uh, 
and so they restructure. Uh, they they go through. They say, you know, who's going to be what. It shows up that Don is just staying in his regular position. They're not calling him up to London. Um, and everybody's a little saddened by that because everybody well, thought we, this was going to happen. They well, they didn't know what was going to happen. No, no, they didn't. And it was, uh, you know, um, the other owner of the of the advertising firm, Roger Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is a great character. One of the best. I mean, just just his his acting style, the way he comes across, it's just fantastic. We love that guy here. I, I, yeah, I, it's hard not to not to like him, and you know he's he's very anxious because he's not on that restructuring chart. Not he at all. Know, you know, yeah, he got left off. Which is like nervous. which is a straight up like kick in the face, though. When you think about it, like you would never do that. No. I mean that's that's a really that 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 was that was very very strange. Well, it, it just wasn't straightforward, you know. It's, the guy now that's the, that's the other thing we're leaving out here. When the the guys came over from London, it was the owners of this Putnam and Lowe, and then they brought this young, charismatic English guy, who was going to replace the guy they were going to send to India. Mm-hmm. You know, as kind of like the overseer of accounts and so forth. Which I feel like everybody at Sterling Cooper had just started to get comfortable with. Right. No, right. Well, not comfortable, but yeah, they had kind of gotten into a flow, knew what he needed and wanted, and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're sending him to India, which was a shame because if you remember in a couple episodes ago, Don and Betty go out to dinner with him and his wife, and you can tell they're having a hard time adjusting. Well, yeah, absolutely. New country, new culture. And then to have only been there, I mean, I don't know how long, you know, because between episodes, you don't know how much time passes. Uh, right, exactly. But still, for him to maybe be there a year or less, because it couldn't have been more than a year. Right, not, uh, not more. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's tough. That's stupid. And, 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 and uh, you definitely see something going to become of that. But again, part of that is that's, that's business. That happens every day to people. I hope not. I'm not going to India, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> you know why? Tell me. I'm no good at tech support. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it. John, I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to edit that out. Well, I'll get, I'll get Jimmy to edit that out. Did I tell you since, you know, since I have another show, I have another podcast that I do. I won't mention it because this isn't about this. But because of having two podcasts now, I actually hired a, uh, a producer. Really? Yeah. Who's your producer? Jimmy. Oh. Yeah. Jimmy. He doesn't have a last name. He's a good kid, though. He's got a lazy. He's got a lazy eye, but he's still a whiz. All right. Well, he's, I mean, you know, this is an audio show. You right. Don't have to look good. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Moving on. So then uh, they do the restructuring. And for some reason, though, uh, the the British guys treat it as if it's good news, which it's really not. I mean, there's nothing, nothing really good came of the restructuring, except for the except for the head of the TV guy. I like him. I the can't guy with the stand glasses and the, the bow tie. I can't stand any of those douchebags, man. I don't. I like the TV. The guy with the beard and like the Kinsey. What? The guy with the beard, Kinsey, I, sw- I swear to you, I know this is a television show, John. I can tell reality from fantasy, but if I see him on the street here in New York, I'm punching him in his face. That's No one would argue with you. 
He's just an ass. I agree. It's a complete tool. Actually, he's the reason I didn't get into the show earlier on. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The first time I ever sat down and watched an episode uh-huh. was the one where he was hosting a party and he was mm-hmm. wearing like an ascot and smoking mm-hmm. a pipe. And he was just he was just a moron. And he kind of got into it with uh, with Joan a little bit. Yep. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't a fun show. Do you know? Yeah. Um, that, that, that's where they say him. Him and Joan used to date. Yeah. Which I, you just I, could never believe in a hundred thousand years. No. Well. No. I mean, it was the it was the fifties at that time. So. I mean, I don't know if there's a man alive who can handle Joan. Oh, she's the other actual part. Uh, she's the other storyline of this episode. This is true. Go ahead on that. Um, yeah, let, let's let's kind of go through that real quick. So Joan is kind of the office manager at Sterling Cooper. She has been there for ten years. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think is is remarkable, given the time. You know, where where you know back back at that time, women were expected to get married and have family. So. Mm-hmm. She was a, an active working woman for 10 years. She met up with a, a resident physician, mm-hmm. um, fell in love, got engaged, got married, and her physician was supposed to be named a chief resident, uh, which would be a big in, increase in pay for him, although that's not true nowadays. And um, she'd be able to retire and make the home and have a baby and so forth. And uh, she finds out, and he finds out, he doesn't get chief resident. He doesn't. And he tells her to keep her job. And well, she says, "And she says, I've already quit." He's like, "Get another one." Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Whoa." Which I thought, given his his state, he was you know quite drunk at the time. I mean, I thought that was a pretty reasonable statement. You know, I'm gonna say, he, I'm gonna he's say, not a couple, real supportive and caring. He's in not his, in his state. Well, he's not a good guy. I'm gonna say he's not even a good actor because I didn't feel like he was very. He didn't seem upset enough. Right. He wasn't conveying that kind of upsetness. But he did say something, and I wrote it down because I know I was I knew I was going to talk to you later about it. He says he says, "Come on, Joan. Doctors don't write bad things about other doctors." John, is that true? I think that that's not not true. Um, <laughs> nobody's going to come out and say that this guy this guy is a you know this guy is a liability. But what they what they will do is leave out. Um, why he's allowed compliments? They're not going to come out and say this is a this is a go getter. This is a person, you know. All they will say is so and so successfully completed this program. Have you so ever heard? A, right. That, yeah, that's a bad review. Have you ever heard um, anyone tell a surgeon that he doesn't have brains in his fingers? Uh, Was no. that weird? Yes, that 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 was weird. Um, no, no, I've never heard that. You know, uh-huh. surgery is very, um, very delicate work. I mean, it's fine work. And I actually saw a surgeon resident, you know, pretty much get canned because he just sucked. Um, well, I think that happens in every profession. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Survival of fittest. So we've got Kate joining us now. She's a hi, great... Kate. Hey, Doctor John. How you doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing good. Are, are, do you also watch the show? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm I know. Yeah. So, so, Kate, so can you hear Kate okay? 
Oh yeah, real love. So Kate's a huge fan, and so we'll we'll move on to the biggest part of the episode. So they go out to they go, and this is spoiler lol. Uh, they go out to uh, celebrate uh, both Jones leaving, and you know the new announcements of you know the, these British people being there. Uh, well, no, wait, 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 before we get all the way to that part, okay, let's just let's inform the audience that. Earlier in the episode, Cosgrove, who's one of the one of the two mm. head of accounts, he landed an account with John Deere. This is and, true. And what like do you think it was as a celebration or a gift? Um, but for some reason, he had the newest John Deere riding lawnmower in the office. He did. Um, kind of as a as a celebration. Um, now I. I mean, yes, if you if you sit and think about that, right, you're in Manhattan, that would be a pain in the ass to get a John Deere riding lawnmower up to the uh, up to the office. But you can rationalize it this way, right? He's an account uh, manager, so they could have been doing one of several things. They could have been doing a shoot. They could have been doing uh, uh, a number of um, PR um, uh Things for PR material with that tractor, and then he could have brought it back, but he wouldn't have thought he would drive it through the office. No, I mean, but let's let's just say right now that you need to make a you need to make a good story, and this in fact did. So uh, uh, Jones leaving, they have the little party, they make the announcement that um, the other British guy is moving on to India, and they say, you know, uh, enjoy the booze and have have a good time. British guy. But well, right. But now he's and everybody scared. was. But so um, so as you've seen in many Mad Men episodes, once they start and I think this is hilarious, once they start boozing, all the secretaries just sit on all the guys' laps. And you know, I, uh, oh my God, that's just I have to say though, there was there was just one a great, great funny little moment where where everybody's, you know, sitting on the laps, having fun drinking, mm-hmm. and they flash to to Peggy, mm-hmm. who is one of the main characters who had a really small role this time, mm-hmm. um, uh, who's a copywriter, and Don, and they're standing there with a glass of champagne each, and she, in her normal timid voice, says, "Well, I, you know, I think this is pretty good champagne." And Don flatly is like, "I don't." I know. <laughs> I love it. That is that is a quint- that I wrote that down also as one of, as one of my favorite quotes from this episode because you're just waiting for Don to say something that just. Uh, that is that is just badass, and yeah. no one ever does that. Like if you're at a, like an office gathering and someone goes, "Oh, the champagne's pretty good," no one ever says, "I don't think so," but Don does. And it wasn't. And the thing was, it wasn't that the champagne wasn't good. It was that Don was disappointed about what was going on. You know. I feel like right. Don is just outgrowing Sterling Cooper. Don is outgrowing Sterling Cooper. Yeah. Just well, but then again, he had his chance to go play with the big boys a couple episodes ago. When, when I forget the name of the firm, they they courted him. A big firm courted him. Oh, that was that was that was, that was in the different season. That was season two. A couple, of, yeah, oh. right. When they tried to get Peggy, right? Yes, that was a big one. But let's let's stay on track here. Okay, so one of the office guys, you know, everybody's having a good time. So one of the office guys during the celebration gets on the John Deere tractor and is driving it through the office. And everybody's like, oh, that's funny. And he's like, oh, I'm driving home. And everybody's like, ha ha. And then, so there's a secretary riding on the back. 
And it's really great the way they build the tension because he starts from the back of the office and he's driving the, he's driving the tractor up. And at the same time, Peggy is saying goodbye to Joan and trying to tell her how much you know she appreciates what Joan's done for her. And as she's trying to tell her this, which she's, and she's trying to like, you know, she's actually trying to have a moment and be very uh, genuine about this. The tractor just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. It's this, it's just a great way to build the tension, right? So Peggy is now having to like, is having to raise her voice over the tractor. And while this is happening, the guy who was driving the tractor got off and put one of the other secretaries on the tractor, and she can't drive it. I don't know. And I don't know what she's from doing. The beginning, like she's out of control from the moment she's in on the driving seat. The moment she presses the gas, it's just lurching forward and out of control. And she, so she's, you know, she's just randomly pulling levers and trying to make it work. And as she's driving, losing. This is the same secretary that had a crush on Salvatore. This one. Do you remember that? This was the same secretary who was working the phone. Yeah. No. Yeah, and who can't? Who is actually really stupid? And yeah, she's gone. yeah this is this but, this was her last episode. But so she drives, she literally mows over the foot of the new uh, British, what would you call him? Like account man? Head account man. Yeah. And literally chops off his foot. And I mean, that's the part of the episode that just left your mouth hanging open. It's like you're laughing, and yet you're completely stunned. Everyone's covered in blood. Splattered. Like, hate well, and here, I mean, here's the thing, is that if you think about it from today's standpoint, you're like, well, that's really too bad, but, you know, you get him a good prosthetic, he'll be fine. In the 1960s, that's a absolutely devastating. I mean, that guy will have no kind of normal life. Not at all. Well, he'll be on crutches the rest of his life, right? He'll be on crutches the rest of his life. I mean, the, the chances of that, of him losing more and more of his leg are pretty good. Oh, really? Infection. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely devastating. Whereas today, you know, it's upsetting, but you get a great prosthetic and, and you go about your life fairly normally. It's, it's, it's upset. It is upsetting every time. <laughs> well, and, and I, it's I, still I, devastating. I, Let's say that. Yeah. So, so he goes to the hospital. He gets his foot amputated, and then the scene you were talking about back at the office after the incident, where the the uh, the account men are in 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 the office, and the window behind them is splattered with the blood that is getting cleaned and squeegeed uh-huh. as they talk about what just happened. And, uh, and Roger delivers one of the great asshole comments of all time when uh, one of the other guys says, well, it looks like he is going to lose his foot. Roger goes, that's a shame, right after he got it in the door. Hey-oh. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, and, and you can tell that Roger has a certain amount of delight well, that this happened. They left him off the list, man. They left him off the tiger. That doesn't mean a man should lose his foot. Well, don't mess with Roger Sterling. That's true. Well, you know, and from a business standpoint, at the end of the show, it's like nothing happened. Oh yeah. They they take him away. You know, this this new guy, he has to go away because of his injury. Yep. Well, you know, he's done. They just let him go. Right. You lose your foot, you lose your job. So the guy that was gonna go to India stays. Yep. And the and restructuring never happens. He not only not stays, the- but he delivers one of one of the best lines that he's 
that he felt as if he was at his funeral. Uh, he was, he was uh, excuse me. He felt. It, I'm drinking. No, yes, I'm <laughs> drinking an old fashioned. Uh, he 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 says, I feel as if I was at my funeral today, and I didn't like what? the liturgy. Eulogy. Eulogy. Did you did you remember what he said right before that? He was saying how he had been doing some reading, and he read um, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. And so I know a lot of people have read it. I don't know if you have. Probably but, not. Um, but I don't. I mean, that's a very vivid scene from that book. So it's it's really easy to see Tom in the balcony looking down on his funeral, and then the way he yeah, said that, I thought right. it went really well. Man. John, thank you because. He says that, and I'm like, what's the correlation? What's the correlation between Tom Sawyer and this? And you can make a lot of different Tom Sawyer references. But I think he's right on with that. Yeah, You're right spot on with that, pal. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, I thought, I agree. I thought it was a fantastic line. It is. The, 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 the show is written so well. Let's talk about something else. Uh, so between the, 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 the foot severing and everything else. And I don't even know how you, how you fit this much into an episode. But Don gets called by... Um, Mr. Hilton. Oh, Conrad Hilton. Conrad Hilton. Because they met at, at Roger, Sterling, Roger Sterling's um, wedding. Um, at oh, the bar. That's right. Yeah. But, and, but nobody knew. Don didn't know and the audience didn't know who that was. Right. right. We didn't know who it was. And I had a feeling he would come back because that was just much of a meeting, you know what uh-huh. I mean? It was, the, he shared too much with it, with, with Conrad, for it not to come back yeah. around. So, Don goes over there, and I feel like maybe delivers the most powerful Don part of the episode, where Conrad says to him, he, he throws some ads down on the table um, of, uh, like, hotel ads that, you know, he wants to do. And he says to Don, you know, hey, can you take a look at these? And he's like, well, you know, um, you don't get to the presidential suite by doing work for free. Which is kind of a badass thing to say when um, Conrad Hilton asks you to take a look at something. You know, right. Because that's what Don does. He's a badass. And uh, Conrad's like, honestly, man, uh, can't you just, like, do me a solid here and uh, tell me what you think? (laughs) And he does. He does. I hate it. It, well, and you know, I, I mean, it was it was it was a it was a pretty awful it was a pretty awful campaign uh, campaign yeah with a mouse and a hotel it didn't make any sense at all, um, and then um, Conrad's a little upset because you know it was his idea to do this mouse campaign, and and Don Don brings up like you know a one liner just crushing blow which is no traveler wants to associate a mouse with a hotel. So Conrad's a little angry and says, well, do you got anything better? And, uh, and Don's like, I, I, I probably could. And Conrad's like, well, maybe next time someone like me asks someone like you something like that, you should have a better answer. And uh, Don replies with what I felt was finally, like, it almost as if Don jumped his own shark with his response. Now wait, wait a second though. I, I think you might have put that in a little wrong context. All right. Because it wasn't Conrad didn't ask him. You know, what, do you have anything better? The thing that the thing that um, Conrad made that statement to about you know when I ask you when somebody like me asks you something like that, 
you should have a better answer. Mm -hmm. What what that was in response to is when Conrad said, well, you know, what do you want? And Don said, I'd like your business. Oh, right, right, right. And so I think Conrad was thinking Don should have asked for, you know, more than just the business. And then Don had that great line. That was, um, but the thing is, that, about the snake? Yeah. That was too much for me. Really? Who has that kind of thing in their back pocket just waiting around <laughs> for for Conrad Hilton to ask them? Who? Don Draper. Don Draper. Yeah, yeah. You're right. No, no but that's, a, I mean, that's, that's, not a, that's not a Conrad Hilton line. I mean, he, he could use that, you know, on his daughter. He could use that, like, at a... No, you can't a, use a, that at a dinner. I mean, that's, a, that's just kind of a good line. <laughs> well, Don's full of them. I mean, it was pretty much saying not to bite off more than you can chew in a little bit more of a, you know, expletive way. No, it wasn't. I think you have it wrong. He was saying yeah. you don't act, you, you, you don't, you're not so hungry. That you act impulsively. That you act impulsively. Ah, okay. Because he was saying, you know, uh, that a snake uh, can be so eager to eat that he chokes on his own food. Like you can be too hungry. You don't want to show all your cards. I see. See, I thought, it's, I thought it's, it meant that. Uh, no, I think it's know, just it's about being so hungry that it would go after something too big uh, instead of something it could handle. Uh, maybe there's two ways to interpret that, but I think it was it was more so that you don't want to seem too eager. That's that's what I took from it. That's what I yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is true, and happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. This isn't about me. No? This is about. Sorry. This is about Mad Men. Let's bring it back to the show. Exactly, Kate. Well, I, that was pretty much the whole show, though. Yeah, and and I think I liked it that in the the previews, you know, they kind of got away from the Sally storyline. I think that has played itself out, and um, I think it's more more exciting to, you know, move along with the office stuff. Mm. No, it's. And I, I was telling you this the last time we talked about it, that I wish they would bring it back, back to some ad campaigns. Because that's what's it's actually... It's too personal. Yeah, it's, a little, it's, been, it's been personal now for like a whole season. Yeah. Well, I still think the, the best scene of the show to date was the, the carousel presentation for Kodak. Um, oh, well, oh, yeah. No, that was brilliant. So do. Well, that was, in, see, that was the end of season one. Oh, okay. That was the end of season one, and I feel like that was the last time they actually did a big campaign. No, as I, far I as in think, the show. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like like with the Hilton thing, it's still involved, but not nearly as much. Well, like for instance, the whole uh, earlier in this season, they talked about the whole um, Madison Square Garden knocking down uh, the old Penn Station to put up Madison Square Garden. I mean, what a right. great what a great storyline that was. Yeah, uh, but you know, it was quickly, it was quickly, uh, kind of tossed. And I don't know. It's probably, I mean, partly, it's probably a little bit easier to write this interpersonal character relationship than it is to write like factual ad campaign. You know, story. Yeah. I mean, you got to do a tremendous amount of research to get all that information. Yeah. So and I, I mean, I don't blame them. Matt, I don't blame you. But I think that's part of the great, you know, what's so good about this show is they do a lot of research. The costuming is fantastic. 
I mean, the the hair. I don't know how. I wish they'd show how they got the hair for the guys. It's just That's a whole what, lot of pomade, man. Is that what that is? I mean, it's incredible. It's a whole lot of pomade. Yeah. Uh, I think they could do a whole show on just Joan. Yeah. How they squeeze her into her outfits. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. those are if those are just sewn on her or what. But she's out of yeah. control. She's frightening yeah, me. They do a great job of keeping it all very tight. You know, there's no city shots, so there's no computer graphics or airbrushing or. You yeah, know, this is true. You, you're not you're not breaking out this the 1960s cars. Um, well, as you know. much they show some Cadillac. I mean, they do do outside shots in Don's neighborhood, but mm -hmm. yeah, other than that, I mean, well, it would just be impossible to do here. And it would have to be. It, it would be all CG completely. It, it would be a lot of CG, yeah. A whole lot of CG. They did in the first season, they did a few aerial shots. Like they would do, they would shoot the building straight up or they would shoot straight down from the top of the building. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that's about as much as you could do without just taking on a tremendous amount of work. Right. You know? And you don't need it because it's about what happens inside the office and it's about what happens to down at home. Right. So, I mean, you don't need it. And, and but I think it's smart of them to, to avoid that instead of you know trying to be be fancy and show these you know these recreated shots of New York in the 60s uh, to, to just stick with the story let me ask you this as a doctor maybe you'll know the answer were there more redheads in the 60s because if you notice on the show Jones a redhead and there's, uh, yeah. a, couple other, there's yeah. a couple other redheads no uh, the redheads are diminishing um, this is true. I've heard this. I've heard this also. Why? Just because of just because of the uh, how the genes work. Um, you know, you're, if you if if neither parent is a redhead, the odds of having one's pretty small. Yeah. Um, and not enough redheads are marrying each other. So. So do you feel like the, do you feel like the redheads need to unite? What What you mean like a, a ginger revolution? Like like a ginger revolution? Yes. No, no, I, I, I think it's okay. You're not for it? No. <laughs> for those of people that can't, John is kind of a redhead. You've kind of grown out of it a bit, but I still consider you a redhead. Yeah, I was looking at some old pictures. I had like orange hair when yeah, I was Yeah, man, you're redhead, buddy. You were red, you know, you kind of, I think redheads tend to maybe turn, it gets darker as you get older. Yeah, yeah, more of an auburn. And as a guy, you know, you don't really need to keep, you know, like I, I would imagine some redhead women would, Maybe dye their hair, hair a little lighter, but as a guy, you don't you don't necessarily need to stay a redhead. You know, you can take that the aged you know darker, almost brown. Yeah, we're off yeah. subject, John. I gotta tell you, for our first episode, I think we covered a lot. I thought this went really well. This was a lot of fun. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. So we'll just continue doing it, uh, everybody. I, I hope you like it. I hope you watch the show. I'll be able to do it in person next week. John will be here in person next week, which will be will be a, a hoot. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be able to do uh, we'll be able to do a show, and uh, and go a little more in depth. That's not possible. No, we really covered it. We covered it full on. Well, except I don't know I, the um, the whole um, baby baby Jean buys you things part of the show. Hilarious.
Well, and, and with, I, I have to say, I'd probably freak out too if a doll I threw away just appeared. Yes, and I didn't realize that. I was watching the show on my iPhone today on the train, and I couldn't I, see that. Oh, I saw that coming as soon as he picked up the doll. I, you are brilliant. I didn't see that because I'm a toothless rube. But he put that doll down. Oh, my God. I would have freaked out too, man. Because it's just yeah. sitting there on your desk like, you know, oh, man. After you threw it away. But I love like, how I love how Betty said to uh, Sally, now, come on. You know that babies have fairies that do things for them. <laughs> come on stupid babies have fairies that do things for them like right. write notes and buy barbies you and fool. sally didn't argue well i guess you're right no you're right they do i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> another thing i didn't know anyway well let's, let's actually end the show because we could keep going forever all right but uh everybody thanks for listening both of you um I'm Paul and I'm John. I'm John, and we're gonna we're gonna sign off, and we'll talk to you next week for another uh, Mad Men recap. Good night, everyone. Bye bye.